This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. Hello, welcome back to another Swanscast podcast and Lee is rejoining me this week after I spoke very nicely about him last week. Yeah, appreciate that, but uh, good to be back. Yeah, but it's true though, isn't it? Because you win your last week and they won again. Well, they didn't win, they didn't lose again, I should say. Yeah, so we so, can bet that we're going to lose this week because I'm back. If, with the yeah, if we lose against Ipswich, then Lee's a curse. That's, that's what this is going to test, uh, but yeah. we'll get on to that. So the agenda so, today... Obviously, got Shame. plenty to talk about. It's shaping up to be my last podcast, then. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, you can't escape that easy. Um, yeah, lots on the agenda today. Obviously, we've got that game that we had last week, which was Swansea nil, Sunderland nil. As much as you think, ah, oh, nil nil, nothing to talk about there. Quite a few things to mention about that game. I'm sure everyone has got an opinion about certain goings on and performances, not necessarily the players, but we'll get to that, obviously. Uh, we mentioned we're going up to Ipswich. We did debate going up, didn't we? But unfortunately, it's a bit of a trek, and yeah, not gonna not gonna go for this time. I was talking to Ben Bloom, so if you want to watch the preview video for the Ipswich game, that is live now. While I join Championship uh, Channel Legend from YouTube, Benjamin Bloom. I'm sure a lot of people have seen his content on YouTube already, but he joined me to talk about Ipswich because that's his club. Um, and he was telling us about the route. You've got to go basically all around the outskirts of London to get to Ipswich. So it's a bit of a nightmare. And if there's an accident on one side of the M25, sometimes they reroute you the opposite direction. So Yeah, it's a hell of a trek to Ipswich and Norwich in it that way. So hats off to anybody going. I mean, we did think about it, but also it's yeah. like 31 quid a ticket as well, wasn't it? Which is, is it 31? Higher end, yeah. Not as high as Leeds. So the Leeds tickets came out this week, didn't they? And that was ridiculous. Oh, they still think they're in the Premier League, I think. 40-odd pound a ticket in the Championship. It's just disgusting. It's one of them, isn't it? I think, um, I think Leeds have been subject to some clubs asking, like, can you reduce the ticket prices? And they say no. You know, the, the thing that a lot of clubs offer where they'll subsidise the price to cap it at a certain level, but they'll only do it if you offer it to their yeah. uh, clubs in return. And I, I saw a debate where some fans of other clubs were going at Leeds fans saying your club's prices are ridiculous and they were saying yeah well you're charging us the same coming down and it was a case of like the clubs that obviously spoke and if Leeds wouldn't do them a favour they basically repaid the 
the favour back, if you like, uh, with the higher ticket prices to them. So maybe the Leeds fans didn't understand what was going on there, but obviously it's their club that's causing the issue. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, uh, the, and, and I think like Leeds is probably, because we've got that tier system now, haven't we, for home games. So I yeah. think like Leeds is, I, which baffles me a bit, but um, I, I can't remember what the pricing was because uh, obviously it comes with my season ticket, but I think... I, yeah, so they've upped the price for like Leicester and Southampton and Leeds. So and Cardiff. Um, and Car- well, obviously Cardiff. That's for home games. I'm sure Swans are um, are good with the away games. If the other team does the same, they'll lower the price for the away fans. But the idea is the club pays the difference, I believe. Yeah, forty. Well, yeah, forty-six quid. I think it was for a ticket, and I think the because Leeds is a bit of a trek as well. I think the, if you if you get in the bus, it's like thirty odd quid. So you know you're approaching eighty quid before you've yeah. done anything. Yeah, no thank you to that. That's obviously a bigger discussion, maybe for another time, ticket prices in the well, football league in general. I mean, there's all, there's that long-time debate of you can, with some Premier League teams, go to Germany and watch a top-tier football match, get yeah. a cheap flight for cheaper than going to like Arsenal, for example. But um, I remember yeah. that season when we were in the Prem, when we brought in that um, 20, 20 quid for every away game, wasn't it? Everywhere yeah. we went, it was 20 quid, so that was good. But, but that, that's what I think they're still trying to do, is just not all the clubs are on board, so they communicate individually, and there are other clubs that do the same thing. It's just not across the board, unfortunately. It would be good if something could be brought in that makes that consistent. Because the, the point is, I guess, you, you're charging your home fans the price, but because you've got to encourage people to travel and play the travel costs, they wanted to subsidise the, t- the ticket prices to be lower, to make it more doable, especially long distances. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about, I'm sure Leeds coming up soon, so we'll have more to say on that. Um, we'll do a two up, two down, a brief overview of what's going on in the league. A couple of, maybe not shock results, but some teams that didn't seem to be able to lose did this week. And we've also got a bit of question time where we put out on Twitter, got some comments from some of you that we will read out and answer as well as well as a bit of news to talk about at the club in regards to some investment. Um, be interesting to get your thoughts on that, I guess, as well, Lee. So let's yep. start with uh, Swansea versus Sunderland last week. Oh, actually, what I'll mention before we get into the football, in the next coming week, stay tuned. We're not going to announce anything officially now, but there should be some exciting guests coming on soon. Looking forward to that. Yep. But that's what I'm going to say at the moment. <coughs> okay, Swansea versus Sunderland. What do you think? Where, where do you want to start? Uh, I guess we could start with the uh, with the red card. I guess probably the best place to start because that changes the game. Yeah, so let's overview Swansea nil, Sunderland nil at home. Um, I would say before the incident, the red card, Swansea didn't really look like the team on top, if we're honest. We weren't playing amazing. No. But that was also still a defining moment of the game. Changed the game plan. I think ruined the game ultimately for both teams. Sunderland yeah. probably thought they had a chance again coming out of the game before the red card. And maybe would have been more likely to. But we obviously have to change our game plan as a result of going to 10 men. And really killed the game in terms of a spectacle for any fan to watch. I think you're happy if you end the game nil-nil from the team who had the man set off. Even if it wasn't an enjoyable watch, you can appreciate the defensive effort. But maybe killed the game in terms of excitement and spectacle, if you like. But yeah, what do you think of the red card then? Uh, I think it was I think it was ridiculously harsh, especially that first yellow card. I think it was 
probably the first challenge of the game, or one of the first challenges of the game when you box him. So I think that's really, really soft. So I was really, I was a bit annoyed at that, especially when it's a thing with yellow cards recently. You just watch, you watch a game and you just know it's coming. You see a couple of challenges going in from the opposition team and you think, oh, it's got to be a yellow coming. And then you know Swans make a, make a tackle, first challenge, he's in the book. There's just no consistency with it whatsoever. Different refs every week. But anyway, he gets that yellow card, which is very, very soft. And then the second one is probably more of a yellow card because he gives does give the referee a decision to make when he, when he does kind of dangle his leg out like that. And the way the player goes down makes it look a bit worse. Um, but I don't know. I just think he's a bit too... He's a bit I still too think it's soft, though, yellow. isn't it? Oh, it is soft. Of course it's soft. They're both soft. I was just saying he's like very quick to make that decision and give that give that yellow out, especially <laughs> after he's given a soft one. I think he could have been lenient with the second one. And I know like I know it shouldn't be the case where you say, Well, you know, he's on a yellow card. If it's a yellow, it's another yellow. But you see in a lot of games where if it's someone's second yellow, they are a little bit lenient, more lenient. They're like, right, no another one now. Otherwise yeah. you're gone. Yeah, that's your especially yeah, but like I said, especially after the first one was so soft. I think he could, and it wasn't as if like Patino was committing fouls all over the field and it was like his fifth or sixth challenge. I think it was two fouls he committed and he had two yellow cards i did i just said i was i was trying to scrutinize the the replays of it uh, just before we come on and the referee i'm sure everyone knows his name bobby madley or robert madley whatever you want to call him i we believe he got demoted from the premier league recently yeah to the championship because that's how it works if you don't do very well they put you in the lower league I got a bit we can say about that as well. I'm not sure that's the best system. But um, <laughs> before we get to that part, he was the ref. So I watched it, and he watches the challenge. So obviously Patino makes a challenge on the Sunderland player. The Sunderland player goes down, but the referee, he kind of watches the challenge. The ball comes out, is played away, and he kind of looks away, follows the play, and then turns his head back, sees the guy on the floor, and then decides he needs to blow his whistle. So he's already kind of moved on. He's moved away. He's looking somewhere else. He's following the game after seeing the challenge and then just glances back two seconds later, sees the guy on the floor and decides, oh, actually, maybe I should blow the whistle. But if you think it's a foul, you know it's a foul the first time you saw it. You don't have to glance back and see the outcome to then think it's a foul, especially then to also book the player. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying about that. That second challenge, I think the way the player goes down. Well, that was the first one. Yeah, I know that was the first uh, yeah. one. It's similar to the second one. I think the way that because of the think the I can't remember the sorry, I can't remember who the player was, but he's coming at speed and Patino yeah. that kind of dangles his leg up. But I think the way he goes down at speed probably makes his mind up. Even though if you look at the challenge just in isolation, it's not it's not anything malicious. It's not a bad it's you no, know, it's not a horrendous tackle, I don't think. Was there you know, actually any Contact. It's hardly any contact in it, and that's what I'm saying. The, the way he goes down makes the referee's mind up. I think. Yeah, he probably thought he was doing his team a favour, but as I said, probably made it a bit more difficult for them. I think Sunderland looked like they were having more opportunities before the uh, the goal. I think especially especially second half. Speaking to Graham, who I did the preview with, he said like you know they struggled as soon as we were up down to ten men. They yeah. struggled to really. Obviously, they had shots and they had they had chances, but they weren't as perhaps clear chances as what they would have had if it was eleven versus eleven going at each other. Um, 
Well, there we are. That's what red cards can do sometimes. Um, before we move on to the rest of the game, let's just stick on the ref. So, say he was demoted from the Premier League because of poor performances. So, the punishment is to go to the Championship, right? You're not coming again. You're not going to get top tier games because you made mistakes, made errors. So, we're going to put you in a Championship game. But surely, that is a flawed system because you're still going to referee a game of professional football. So. I understand with players, football players, if they don't perform at the highest level in the Premier League, they'll go to a lower team because they're not good enough for the Premier League. I don't think that same argument works with refereeing because ultimately, no matter what league you're in, refereeing standards should be the same. It should be black and white in terms of the rules. The referee follows the rules. And I understand some are always going to, you know, control a game better I get that but if you're saying you're not doing well enough of the top tier the punishment shouldn't be right to drop and dropping down to championship now to see if you can sort yourself out because it's still a high level of football and you still expect the same sort of you know the same way of controlling that the same way of refereeing it I don't really yeah. think that makes sense yeah I get yeah no I do agree with you I think it makes sense only in I think if you have the you know the, the top referees at the top level of the game, like if you, you know, you've got massive, massive games. I think you want the ones yeah. that are not going to come on, they're not going to succumb to the pressure. I get that, but I, I agree with what you're saying about like relegating them to the championship because, like, essentially, what you're saying is, it's like, all right, you've made a mistake up here, go referee a less important game. And, yeah, and and the pressure's just... off because it's not as important, so you can get yourself sorted. So. They may, you know, they may maybe not, but maybe they've got that mentality where, like, oh, the pressure's off now. I can just sort of, like, you know, do whatever, do whatever yeah. I want to do. A, a bad There's decision. no sky cameras. Gonna be, yeah. Not going to be all over social media. We're not going to yeah, be exactly. under the cosh when you do something wrong. It's and then if like, you use VAR wrong as well, we'll have even more heat from everyone. Yeah. So get rid of the VAR, make your own mistakes, right? And you're in the championship, and no one will care. Yeah. What, what, what essentially they do is they think, like, right, we'll bury you in the championship for a couple of weeks so people forget. The mistake you've made in the Premier League, and then in four or five weeks, you'll referee like a you know like a Sheffield United Wolves. You'll just come back in, and I just I, yeah I agree. I don't think that's the way to do it because it's only like it's only Swansea fans. It's, you know if, yeah. if we kick if we kick off about the referee after he's had a terrible performance, like who's really going to listen? No, it's it's shocking. Like look, just to come to what I said. On the way up, it's different, I think, with experience. You know, you've got a, young, a new referee. Yeah. Yeah, you've yeah, got to learn the trades, and you're going to work your way up. And making a mistake because of experience is different from making, like, these errors that we're talking about that happened in this game. Um, especially when you get to... Well, if you get up to the level of being Premier League, and then you, you make big errors that cost teams big decisions in matches... The punishment just can't be go and cost another team just because they're in a lower league. Because that's ultimately what's happened. He got yeah. demoted for not being good enough. And he's had a howler in his first match. I believe it's his first match since being demoted. And he had a howler. Like, an absolute howler. Like, we went to the penalty as well. But I don't know what you think of that, if that was quite a soft decision too. Probably. Yeah, but then is he doing that because he thinks he's made the mistake for the red card? And yeah, we, benef- we could have benefited from it. But like... If it was no red card and a penalty, I'm sure Sunderland fans would be not so happy. Um, I think the general consensus is people say Sunderland was playing with 12 men on the weekend. You know, It's just unfortunate that we perhaps got the brunt of a bad referee in performance out of the two teams. Yeah. But that can't be the punishment. There's got to be a better way. If they're not good enough the Premier League, 
they need to find a way of fixing the issue, not just putting it under the carpet because that's all they're doing. Yeah, look, I we've we've how many times we come on this season, especially and moaned about um, moaned about refereeing decisions when we've done the two up and two down. I think the first like three four weeks of the season, one of my downs was a referee decision. Some of them I've seen across the, offside, the league, not, for Southampton. Yeah, not just for yeah, exactly, not just for us, but across the championship it has been horrendous. And I know like it, we're probably going off topic a bit, but when we talk about VAR, I don't think everyone says, oh, VAR is awful, VAR is awful. I don't think it is. It's just, that's just a video system. The way they referee it is bad. The re- the actual people doing the refereeing are horrendous in this country. It's, it's the people that use the VAR and it's the rules that are written yeah. on how you're allowed to use it that are the issues. The yeah. technology is just technology. you just got to utilise the technology correctly. And I don't think football is doing that with VAR. No, it's not. Like we we watch like we watch the rugby as well, don't we? And like look how they use the technology and other sports as well, like cricket and tennis. They all use the technology now, and it just doesn't seem to have the same, you know, controversies as it does in football. Because they just one of the like biggest... that one that that one with Liverpool and Spurs when they that offside and they released yeah. the audio. I just. Is, I, how are they getting in? How wrong? But that's what I'm going to say. So that audio just shows the main issue with VAR for me. And and it's in stark contrast to why rugby gets it so right with the TMO. The TMO, when you watch the TMO in action, the biggest takeaway is the concise and clear communication from every party of referee involved yeah. in that TMO um, system as it's in operation. And if you listen to that audio we just mentioned from that Liverpool uh, Spurs clip, that's the complete contrast of what rugby do with the TMO. That was just carnage, um, like a mess, just chaos, you know, and no one knew what was going on. And that that's what the issue is, the communication and, and the rules around, like, no, the refs don't know how to use it when they're in live action. They don't know no. when is it okay to ask a question or then the people on the video maybe don't know when to step in. It's, and, yeah, and there's mistakes on both ends, you know. They're absolutely scared stiff of like stepping in and making a decision. You know, like we said in the rugby, the TMO comes in all the time and says, like, you know, check, check, whatever. I've seen something. Look, I think you should have a look at this. I think this is dodgy. There's there's like confidence that they can come in and the re- I think you said the communication is great because the referee can be like, right, this is what I'm seeing. Walks through the steps, walks through the rules. Um and it's I you know, rarely you've got quarrels. There's sometimes they get it wrong, obviously, but rarely people bemoan the decision yeah. <clears throat> but, but even when they got... do moan at the decision you've also heard how they got there exactly and you know exactly why they made the decision even if you don't agree with it yeah that's the same like i watch um i, I watch a lot of the nfl and they're like they do what they, they do have a lot of dodgy calls but they explain it really well as well because they got the mic to the to the stands haven't they they've got the mic to the crowd and they say yeah what's going on and what they've seen I just, yeah, I just think football's way behind, especially over here. I, I don't know what I say. You know, I don't watch a lot of European football week in, week out, but I, I don't know if it's if it's as bad as as it is over here. They just everybody's frightened of making that decision. Yeah, and I think football didn't want to do TMO when it came in because they were worried about the stoppages in the game. But I think the VAR's got to the point of such a bad rep. I don't think anyone would have complaints if they went full copy. I think they got to cut like. 
they just need to copy what they're doing in rugby. They've already introduced the like added time aspect, which is trying to get rid of um, wasting time and stuff. So I think they're halfway on the course of getting to where they need to be with that. For me, I would just scrap that and just stop the clock. Yeah, oh, they same. They definitely got to stop the clock. Remember, we said this on another podcast. Remember when at the start of the season it was all about time wasting and everybody was getting yeah. booked for wasting time, and that's kind of just disappeared now. Yeah, but then that Chelsea um, Spurs game, they had like what twenty minutes of oh. extra time, nearly didn't they? What game? Oh, did you watch? That was absolute garbage. I, I didn't, but I heard I heard many things. But um, well, the, but that's what I'm saying. Like that's an example of big ad time again. There's a lot of VAR used in that game. A lot of disallowed goals and all that sort of stuff. So I think it just goes. If you want to fix VAR, that's part of it for me. Just add the stopwatch. Because I think so. Why add the time on at the end? Just pause what you're doing already. Yeah. And I then you take so. any you take any of that stress away of like how long have you stopped the game for as well? Because you're not gonna ever have the position where somebody can be like oh well they didn't add the right amount of time on so we were actually short of yeah. you know we could have made the comeback or whatever but they didn't give us the amount of time like it's and i think as well like it's one of my biggest bugbears watching is when you know players are rolling around and then two minutes later they're running around like a gazelle you know i just yeah. think if if someone goes down on they the floor up, and they need treatment yeah they just go like oh well the, the, the time is stopped so you'd stay down yeah. as long as you want and i think it would stop that yeah, they wouldn't try to go down in the first place. The other thing I think would add a bit of excitement, and this is, again, we've gone massively off at a time, but yeah. we'll come back now. But if they did do it that way, where it was stop clock, when the, the clock gets 90, a slight change to what football is like now. But imagine it was a case of, all right, the ref's not just going to blow up on 90 minutes, but the clock's gone 90, and when it goes out of play next time, that's the game ended. Imagine that last like action. Be mad, you're one nil down or something or, uh, or it's nil nil and you know the next time the ball goes off the pitch or foul or whatever that's it maybe yeah. not foul because they probably get to play that on wouldn't they but um that would be that would be insane ends to the game make it a bit exciting and i know oh, they're trying to add excitement and stuff with certain things yeah that would that would be class if they did that that would be, yeah. yeah and then you absolutely. score a goal after that time and win the game like it's it'd be riots yeah, it's like last last play sort of thing. It'd be brilliant. Yeah, golden goal, literally. Golden goal. Yeah, I can't remember <laughs> that. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on. Jamal Lowe, penalty. So we said the penalty was a bit soft. Harry Darling brought down in some capacity in a corner. Yeah, was it was it Darling or Cullen or like a combination? One of, of them. It says yeah. Darling on the when yeah. they were on the replay, they were calling it as Darling, but something happened. There's a bit of a cluster of people. Um, Anyway, we got a penalty. Couldn't take advantage, though, because Jamal Lowe decided to pass the ball back to the goalkeeper. I know you had a lot to say about the penalty at the time. So do you want to yeah, have a look, little bit of a rant? Lowe has been good on pen since he's since he's got you, but I absolutely hate that run-up to penalties. I know Ayu used to do it as well, and I know he scored a lot, but I just cannot stand. He did miss, though. He did miss a few, but like I just can't stand. He missed in the playoff semi-final, didn't he, against Brentford at home? Um, yeah. I just I I can't understand why players do that run up. You run up slow. I get what they're trying to do. They get try and get the keeper to move. But the problem is, if you're walking up that slow, if the keeper doesn't move, then you can't generate any power in your shot. So you you've either got to put it. You've either got to hope that the keeper drives uh, dives the wrong way. 
oh, you've got to get it right in the corner, which Lowe doesn't do. He goes up. There's no power on it. It's not in the corner. And it's easy for the keeper to save. So I think, and then I think, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to criticise him too much, but I think you do open yourself up to criticism. If you do that penalty and you miss, then, then it's your fault. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't, if a player runs up and absolutely puts his laces through it and the keeper saves it, then great save. Yeah, well done, keeper. You've then, hit the target. It? Well done, keeper. And I and I don't understand why we took Grimes off penalties because he's a great penalty taker. He's never missed one in like either seven, maybe I think he's had over this time here. He's got a lovely left foot. He absolutely I, smashes his penalties. If the keeper I, saves him, I don't understand. Great. He's been in in and out of doing them. He's never consistently done them for a long period. He's kind of done them, and then we have a like main person, for example. And they're taking penalties all of a sudden. It's like Andre Ayew. Yeah. And then he leaves and it goes back to Grimes and then there's someone else. Like, do you know what I mean? I he's like a stopgap, isn't he? Yeah, he's like a stopgap, but also I feel the most confident when he's standing over it. Yeah, so do I. And he's always scored every single one for us that he's taken. That yeah, I, 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 I don't understand the decision. It wouldn't be surpri- I wouldn't be surprised if you know stuff goes on behind the scenes, like, you know, in contracts and stuff that they have to take penalties or you know and they get goal bonuses and stuff than they strikers so yeah, i get if i get it when andre Ayu was i would imagine he might have yeah in a nice way made that happen um <laughs> yeah. i can't imagine jamal Lowe would have had some no like that, maybe that not must be a choice yeah maybe not but i i don't understand because yeah like you said grimes every every time he takes penalties he looks solid i'm confident that he's at least going to hit the target and if, if you know, even if he doesn't score, he's going to force the keeper into making an unbelievable save. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's an odd decision to give it back to Low. Um, but anyway, yeah. But again, even if they do decide that it goes back to Low for whatever reason, if I was a manager, I'd be absolutely ripping my hair. I'd say if with players taking penalties like that, walking up, it just, it, I don't see any point in it at all. Do you think we would have managed to hold on to a one 0 lead if that had gone in? I don't know. Well, the simple answer would be yes, wouldn't it? Because we went on to get a nil-nil, but you, you don't know how the game's going to change when we're one 0 up. You know, I do, do you um, the players relax a little bit more because they mm. got the lead, and then maybe they, you know, they they switch off um, a little bit. I I don't know. You don't know, but you know, going in one 0 up at half time, it's it's a different game, isn't it? It's a massive moment. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of the performance, the defensive performance, then we said. Duff's first priority as Swansea manager was to sort the defence out. That wasn't great necessarily under Russell Martin. Now, we haven't seen it all the time this season. And there's been criticism that sometimes during the end of the games we sit back or he goes a bit too defensive to protect the 1-0 QPR, for example, and it didn't work. People questioned when they brought on an extra defender and then they obviously got the equaliser. However, maybe this is the first time... It's really shown what he's brought in that department because I think it has been acknowledged by himself that he did want to make us more solid before going further with his style. He saw that as one of the key priorities. I think the recruitment suggested as such as well with the amount of defenders brought in. But who expected us to hold on at a red after the red card for nil nil? I for one thought it was like ah, not getting anything here now. Yeah. Um, so, yes, him. I'd written it off. You know, I thought when we went down to ten men, I thought that was it. I thought uh, they were going to score at some point. But uh, yeah, that's where you've got to give credit to, um, well, to Duff and the players really, because they yeah. all 
it all stuck out it. I was going to say, in in as far as perhaps it was me criticising what was a lacklustre performance before the red card, as as much as it wasn't, you know, an awful load of the game. The first thirty minutes before Patino's red card, we weren't really great. Didn't look that good. You have to then credit yeah. the different game they had to play after that point, and mainly the second half in the defensive performance they put in, um, and to make sure that they didn't lose the game at that point. So. Fair play to them. Sunderland had 25 shots, but only three were on target. So I think that speaks volumes of the defensive performance. They weren't. They were obviously getting opportunities, but they weren't clear cut and maybe from distance, all that sort of thing. Yeah, made it difficult for them. Yeah, yeah, it did. I yeah, I did full full credit because I think when when you're when you're in that situation, like when you've got ten men, you've got a you know you've got a completely rip up what you've been planning all week and everybody has to sort of sacrifice and you know get involved yeah. you know everyone has to be in it together sort of thing and i think if you've got a fractured squad where people like to say you know managers have lost the dressing room and players are not interested and oh look they don't care and all this and then i think when that happens you can see that they actually do because they um you know they, they dug in deep there which was good to see and i think i you know and, and again in a point like that in some ways where you've played bad you've gone down to 10 men and you've got a point. I think in some ways that's more important than getting a win, you know, in terms of, you know, the whole season where we know we can do that now if we're ever in those situations, we've got that ability to, to grind out a result. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I, think, I think I think it gets looked I think it gets been getting looked over as well of how good Sunderland are. I think they've been a little bit like unmentioned. I think they're really they only got to the playoffs last year. They've had a great like well not great, but they've a decent start to the season. You know, Clark has been brilliant for them that's a hard game so to get a nil-nil draw with 10 men I think is a, is a great result they're on good form and they picked up just before we played them as well yeah. they're sitting in 8th you know they're only currently 2 yeah, they're points good, off they're a good side they're, a good side. <clears throat> they're going to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season um, but yeah so credit Swansea obviously on to the next game now which is Ipswich uh, but before we go there just to mention particular performances of note and I think Carl Rushworth deserves all the plaudits that he got for this game. Yeah, showing definitely. why he's been brought in on loan. Maybe had some moments at the start of his Swansea career that were a bit nervy, but he's definitely settling in and making a name for himself now in the shirt. I've seen a lot of conversation about, is he the best keeper we've had since we've come to, to the Championship, essentially? Uh, I don't know what you make of that, personally. Is it too early to say still, or has he got a shout? Yeah, I probably is a little bit early to say, but um, he was. Yeah, he's been. I think he's been. He was great on Saturday. But, uh, yeah, I think we'll, we'll watch his space. Yeah, any chance of re-signing him? Do you think? I, I doubt it. And a young English goalkeeper, I think it'd be hard to uh, to sign him. The only the, the only criticism I have with him is a fantastic shot stopper. Obviously, it's not a major criticism. I just think his distribution's a bit poor sometimes. The amount of times he kicks the ball into touch. When he's looking for someone, it just seems to act like at least two or three times a game. So that's the only um, that's the only criticism I have of him, really. But uh, no, he's been great. Yeah, he has been good. Um, okay. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May seventeenth. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Can't make the away day? Just get yourself comfortable. Load up Swan's TV, grab your phone and order a McDelivery. Away days at home never tasted so good. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. So this week on the pitch, Swansea you're going to head down the M4 and further to Ipswich. All the way on the east coast, well, on the east of the UK. Long trip, but... They maybe are in their poorest form of the season so far. I say poorest form. They didn't lose for a while, but they drew their last two games going to the into this one. Maybe it's the best opportunity we would have to have played them so far, but it's still a tricky game nonetheless. So what do you think going into this one? Yeah, I don't know really, because with the Swans at the moment, I think we probably are a better team playing away from home, where I think especially against teams towards the top end of the league, I think it suits us better. Not that we're not, not that we're a team that sits back and, you know, we totally sit back and play on the counter-attack, but I do think that has been a big part of, of our game this season. Whereas at home, we're probably finding it harder to break teams down. I think we do look better on the road. So I'm quite, you know, I'm quite excited about this game because I think it's a game where we will put in a good performance. <clears throat> so... <laughs> Leif Davis of Ipswich, right? He's already from from left back or left wing back, uh, left back. I think he plays. He's already got seven assists. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? It's not even Christmas yet. Yeah, Remember okay. when like Connor Roberts and Bidwell were like eight and nine for the season? Yeah, yeah. And we were like raving about it. Yeah. But he's on seven already this this season so far. So he's definitely one of their main uh, threats going into this game, though. There's definitely going to be some changes for the Swans, at least one, because Charlie Patino is obviously unavailable. So who comes in to replace him? That square's going to have to be Fulton, isn't it? Do you think? Because I I said the same thing when I was talking to Ben Bloom. I said Fulton's definitely going to come in, and especially away from home. I'd imagine it probably will be. But Duff has been speaking well of Liam Walsh in conference this week. Um his words saying he was outstanding in training this week. Specifically, the word outstanding, standing out. But I didn't consider that to be an option. I forgot, really, that there is another option there. And he has been on the bench for the last few weeks, coming off the bench in some of the games. I just don't know if he will start in with Grimes away from home. Yeah, no, I I, I think, I, I do think it's going to be Fulton away from home. I think I think you're right there. I think Walsh is a, is a great player uh, when he you know when he's fit, and I think he like you said he has talked about him this week. But I think um, you know it's got to be it's got to be Grimes and Fulton for me. Maybe Walsh comes in further up the pitch and is a bit of rotation in the forward line then. Because yeah, they maybe haven't been changed at all have they for a while. No, I think um, we are like we are desperate in that area really, and it's just, it's so strange now with all the injuries we've got where we thought we had a good squad at one point where we had so many options and now 
you just know what the team has to be every week because of the injuries we've got. You know what it's going to be barring one or two. Um, yeah, I've had 100% on FanUp for like three weeks in a row now. Yeah, I know. It's just, yeah, because you, you know what it's going to be because of all the injuries we've got. So I think if he can, if he can see us through till, uh, you know, if we can see us see this through until January, um, when we get, you know, maybe like Wood comes back and hopefully Joe Allen is fit at some point and maybe we even have one or two in through the door in January, I think um, we'll be in a good spot. Yeah, hopefully. Obviously, we've still got a few more coming back as well. One that we forgot when we've discussed all of the injury problems was Abdullah. And, you know, yeah. he is a midfielder first and foremost. You know, he's been covering wing back for us. I think he can do a job of winger as well. So he's versatile and could help. Got a bit of speed, doesn't he? So on the Yeah, the thing is, it's having, it's having different options. So even if Abdullah doesn't start every game, it's just having someone on the bench to bring on just to try something different. Because the players we've got at the moment... They all just seem to be a bit like for like, don't they? It's not, you know, it's not a massive criticism. It's just saying it's unlucky with the injuries that we've got. Like, you know, you can bring in, you know, I don't know, maybe bring in Ollie Cooper for Patterson, but like, you know, they're quite similar players. You know, you've got Low, Cullen, and Yates playing, and that's that's about it. There's nothing different. You know, Kuharovic is injured, who maybe gives you something different. He's very limited in what he can do at the moment. So, you know, we desperately need some of these players to come back. Key is a big miss as well, being injured because he's been so good. He's been a massive miss. Yeah. Um, so Alan Wood, Kuarovic, Abdullah, Key, all out for this game. Obviously, Janelli as well. Yeah. I think I've got them all there. But they'll be missed. Okay. But yeah, Ipswich this week. So check that out. Three o'clock Saturday. Good luck to anyone. Well, good luck. Safe drive to anyone that is making the, the trip. And hopefully, you see a good performance on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, Look at the championship table then. So I've got two up this week. Leeds managed to go away to Leicester and pick up a win. Yeah, it was a hell of a result that was, wasn't it? Massive game. I think that's a, that's a big statement that was for Leeds to go to Leicester and win. I enjoyed that as well. Good good game. Uh, is it like too little too late at this point? or? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't see, you know, I can't see Leicester not winning the league, but... I think Leeds had a lot of criticism than they at the beginning of the season because they had, you know, they had a really slow, poor start than they with all their transfers going on and players not wanting to play and they didn't have enough players for the bench at one stage, didn't they? So for them to now be picking up form, you know, beating Leicester on the road, I think is a, a massive result for them. I think they'll be they'll they'll be up there now when they come to the end of the season. And it's only like Leicester's second loss of the, the yeah, season. I, 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 yeah. I'm sure they'll be fine. It's nothing much to worry about for them. Didn't know what though. They've actually lost more games than Ipswich now. Ipswich, just outstanding though, the way that they've kept that up as well. They kept this. I, I'm sure if um, Ipswich drew in the week, didn't they? They had a game in hand against Rotherham. Well, that's my that's on my list to, to to talk about. So Rooney, well, it was Birmingham first. I, yeah. I, I didn't. We didn't. We didn't do two up, two down last week. So I've got it. But um, Birmingham picking up their first points under Wayne Rooney, I think it is. Um, well, they had a few losses in a row, definitely, and they managed to get a draw at Ipswich, but they did also draw the next game then, Ipswich, so they did two in a row. Yeah, but Birmingham were 2 0 up, I think, when they against Ipswich. And they yeah, they draw, were, but... and, and I understand, yeah, like, so it was 2 2 all draws for um, Ipswich in the last week, so they had a midweek round yeah. uh, against Rotherham, which was only Tuesday night. So we're recording this Thursday. 
So that's that's why when I was looking at this, I got Birmingham because it was from the weekend, and not every team has played midweek. But yeah, two two all draws for Ipswich, both away. So I mean, maybe they'd be leggy as well going into our game. Maybe that'll suit and help us, but we'll see. Uh, they definitely play better at home, Ipswich. Too. Top goal scorers in the league, but. The the positive I was picking up was Wayne Rooney, essentially, because he's come under a lot of criticism since he's taken over at Birmingham. A lot of people disagree with that appointment. And, yeah, managed to get a good point there. That's baffling, though, isn't it, that they got rid of Eustace when they were doing well to bring in Rooney. And, yeah, I mean, the pressure was probably on him at that point because everybody was criticising the decision. So It's not his fault, ultimately, no, is no. it? But, yeah. Yes, Stemmed one. the tide, three straight defeats they had before that. And they looked decent at the start of the season. Weird. It's the league, though. Again, we say this weekend, week out, I think it's just happening to everybody. So all of yeah, a sudden, but I think it's that change, that managerial yeah. change. Oh, yeah, 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 no doubt. I was just like saying, going back to um, going back to Ipswich, I think like saying that they, they drew that game against Rotherham. If they had won that game, they'd only be a point behind Leicester with the same games played. That's Yeah, I know. And we're saying how good Leicester are going to run away with the league and Ipswich would have only been a point off them if they'd won that game against Rotherham. It's nuts. It's nuts. They, um, ben Bloom thinks they, you know, they're not going to quite keep up. Um, but I think I'd be happy with it. If you're an Ipswich fan coming up from League One and where you are now, you've definitely got to be happy with that. Yeah, I can't, He's I can't, remember. I can't remember who he was. I, like, I think um, from the outside, I think all of us, all other fans are going to say that they'll that they'll drop off at some point. I hope they don't because they've done so well. Um, I hope they carry on. I think it was I can't remember who it was on Talksport that said that they've promoted them already. They've they've said it's finished. They're they're going up. Remember the predictions we did at the start of the season. You wouldn't you wouldn't let me put them high. They've yeah. To be fair, they've been they've been brilliant. Just I'm going to hold that until the end of the season because you both overruled me on Ipswich being higher than what we ended up putting them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, fair enough. I'm gonna own that one. Take I got to the I gotta, I gotta take that one on the chin. Yeah. Um. Anyway, two down was Norwich and Coventry. I think Norwich have like really fallen off a cliff a little bit uh, of late. I didn't didn't they have a managerial change as well, or the manager got sacked or something? Uh, they had a new it's on, in the, it's on the horizon. Yeah, they're a new manager in the summer. It's uh, Wagner, isn't it? David Wagner, and then yeah, he's either under very, very intense scrutiny uh, at the moment, or they yeah, might have he, got rid. No, he's uh, they sacked um, QPR's manager because Wagner is still there. Like, I think he's there. on the last stroke, though. Wagner, yeah, from, he what is. I'm, from what I'm hearing from our our Norwich um, correspondents, uh, uh, podcast friends, if you like, but they're not happy with him. They want him gone. Yeah, I mean, I think, the results are not good. They've had one win in like nine or something stupid. I think it's the um, I think it's the manner of the defeats as well. I watched. I managed to actually watch a bit of their game on Sunday. It was on TV. It was when they played Blackburn at home, and they were atrocious. Blackburn tore them apart. They were they were three 0 up, and I know Blackburn had a man sent off then, and then Norwich scored late on, so I kind of made it look a little bit better. But they were awful. I think it's the manner of the. You think Norwich in the championship? Yeah, they were expected well, to make a jump this year, weren't they? Yeah, and when we beat them, we thought it was a really good result because they were okay in the league at that point. Yeah. Yeah, but then they look back then and they got stuffed by Plymouth, didn't they? But six past them. Yeah. So I think it's the manner of their defeats, especially when this year, including us, I think when we did that league table, we probably tipped them to make a bit of a step up this year. Um, 
so the way the results are going, I, yeah, I can't see him being there much longer. He's got to be the next one to go. To on. And Coventry, who started the season with high aspirations of being able to, to challenge near the top end, not too very well. Four losses in a row. Spent a lot of money on some of their forwards after Giocares left, and they are down in 20th place on 15 points. Yeah, I know. That's a, that's a mad one as well, because I remember the, when the beginning of the season, I was singing Coventry's praises. I thought they were brilliant in that first game they played against Leicester. And then they looked really good. In, they just looked brilliant. And we had them quite early on, didn't we? And I think we did we draw nil-nil at home it was quite early on in the season. We drew it? with them, yeah. Yeah, and I, we thought that was a great result. And we were like, that's a great result because Coventry playing so well. And then and then they, they seemed to have fallen off a cliff. I think it's probably... They were playing so well, but they weren't getting results. And then they probably, you know, it does you yeah. lose confidence a bit then, don't you? When you're not yeah. picking up the results. But again, it's this the division, it's this league, isn't it? It's just crazy. It wouldn't be surprised me now if they go on like a five winning, five game winning streak. Could well happen. Um, the league, the midfield is very, very tight. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll move on from that. La- last thing I want to do, we'll probably talk about the investment another time because I think maybe. I have a lot to say on that, but I promised some fan questions last week, didn't get to it, so I want to touch on them this week before we finish. Um, so last week I asked out what do you want us to discuss, and Jason Reese at Jason Reese 7 on Twitter asked, Swan's relationship with lone players every season and the lack of academy players breaking through. So what do you think of that? It's more of a statement, but discuss the statement, really. Yeah, I think it's, it's fair, isn't it? I th- and I think this is why... Uh, I think in a, in a couple of podcasts ago, he said that we probably are, unfor- well, unfortunately now, we are a, a mid-table championship team. I think that's that's where we are. Um, we're probably not, realistically, we're probably not going to be competing. You know, we could maybe sneak into the playoffs, that sort of thing, but we're never going to be like we were before in the championship, competing at the top end. And I think the reason for that is loan players and... We haven't got a lot coming through at the moment. We've got to rely on a big change every year. I, I'm not sure of the number of loan players we got this year, but you yeah. can't find that consistency when basically half your team will be changing every year. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think this is a fair statement, and I think that's why at the moment we are where we are. But how do you address it? I just it? think there's a place for them because you can't afford to necessarily. Yeah. Look, the the, the loan system is always going to be massive in the championship. I mean. We've we've done it for you. even when we went up last time we had we had loan players, but I think it's the level of loan players we have now. I remember it being, you know, two or three in your squad maybe, but now we've got half of our starting eleven is probably on loan, which is yeah. worrying sometimes. So you know, it's um, yeah, it's not sustainable, is it? Definitely not sustainable. I guess we're talking about the issues we have with squad depth and. That's the easy fix, isn't it? But it's not a long-term fix. And yeah. but I think a lot of championship clubs are in similar positions yeah, I, financially at the moment, and yeah. it's it's a it's a balancing act. I think it's a difficult one to get right. You could say. Yeah, you've always got to you've always got to utilize the loan market. You've got unless you know unless you're like Leicester and Southampton and Leeds who are spending ridiculous money when they're in the championship. Everybody else has got to rely on the loan market in order to compete. So yeah. it's not going to go away anytime soon, but you don't want to become heavily reliant on it like like we are at the moment. So it's exciting to get some of these players in, you know, like Patino. And it's nice to get these players in, but you don't want to have, you know, you don't want to have too many. They say you never fall in love with a loan player, don't they? Yeah. So we've got another one in from Joey is Swansea, or at Joey is Swansea. Um, probably not going to answer this one in detail today because I think it would be good to do a little episode on this, but I'll read it out to you. What does the club need to do in January? 
what are the potential options to fix some of the issues in the squad? Maybe a budget option, a realistic option, dream option. So I think if we park that one, that's a good one. We can perhaps go in a bit more detail and do a little bit of a list of each category: budget, realistic, and dream. Uh, have a bit of fun with that, maybe in one yeah. in the international break, go in the next couple of weeks before before Christmas. So definitely get yeah, to like that, that, Joey. But um, you can maybe answer the first part about what we need in January if you want, because that's really oh, we need we need something up, up up the top end of the pitch. I think no, like not. Yeah. No, I'm not going to slate low yet. And wide, talent, I think. We just need something different. You just need an option. Like it was great when Janelli was there because you could. It's just having an, another option, just to do try something different. I know nobody's playing particularly bad. It's just you need to have options. I think we're just seriously lacking at the top. At the it's moment. the same thing. It's easy to plan for it for other exactly. teams because they know they can't exactly. offer something different, and yeah. we can nullify it. And it makes the players maybe look worse than they are. Like Yates is coming under a bit of criticism, but maybe it's because from me. He's, if you know Yates is playing week in, week out, maybe it's easy to defend against that. Yeah, no, you are right. It is. It's just like, you know, this is, like you said, it's easy to predict, even though Ipswich have got a shorter turnaround than us. They, 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 they'll they be pretty confident they'll know our starting lineup for Saturday. Yeah. And last one, we will do quick because I know we're running out of time. What do you think of the realistic aim for the league position should be this season? Uh, I think mid-table would be a good first season for Duff, and that is from at Raitaz159, Ridian Roderick. So, realistic finish. I think I agree, probably. I think we put it in our predictions mid-table. Yeah. I can't remember where we said now. But that I would probably I think be where we, might, we are. I think we might have just put us outside the playoffs, didn't we, I think, as being optimistic. But, got excited uh, again. Got, got a bit overexcited again. I would take... Look, we finished, what was it, 10th last year, I think, so... Around the same. mark again, ten top, you know, top half is twelve. Good, so down, yeah, down to twelve, somewhere like there. Yeah. I think that's a fair start. I think that's where we are, and I think that's where we can realistically look to finish this season. So I'd take that. Yeah, and where are we now? We're fourteenth, and one win puts us potentially tenth, depending on other results. So yep. uh, it, it is very tight in the midfield, but anything could happen. There's a long way to go. But yeah. thanks for the questions, guys. Keep getting them in. Uh, we're going to call it there because uh, I know. Least got places to be, and you know, midweek it is it is busy evenings. But um, thanks as always for watching and listening, whatever platform you're on. Don't forget to like if you're on one of the uh, podcast services, Spotify or Apple. Please take a moment, give us a rating, and on Apple maybe leave us a review. It really helps with pushing us out there to other people. And as I said, there's some exciting episodes coming up shortly, which I'm sure a lot of people will enjoy. Got some exciting people coming on. Just dealing with the sort of um, logistics of it before we can announce anything. But yeah, looking forward to that. So we shall catch you in the next one. So see you next week. And thanks very much again. No worries. See you soon. The match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.